Creepers, in this time of protest following the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, we, the Crypt Creepers podcast, stand in solidarity with Black Lives Matter and the families of those who have been hurt or killed by the state. We are absolutely opposed to the current policing paradigm and the white supremacy it represents. We are an anti-racist podcast. Black Lives Matter. Police brutality is real. We live in a colonial racist state. And if any of that is controversial or a problem for you, then we would like to invite you to unsubscribe to our podcast. This is a time for action. While working on yourself and suddenly caring about decades of exhaustively documented racism and abuse is great, we need to get involved. We need to provide material change and support. The most direct way is to show up and participate in the protests. But maybe that isn't for you. There are organizations providing backup to protesters, supplies, water, logistical backup, if you will. Uh, And lastly, there's always cold, hard cash. You can donate um, your money as opposed to your time. Right. Donate to your local Black Lives Matter. There are various mutual aid networks, bail funds. We will provide a variety of links in our show description. And these are just suggestions. There are a lot of good people doing a lot of good work out there. In the long run, we must hold local and national politicians accountable for the things they promise now. But we need to impact material change at this moment. This is not a time to remain insulated. Get involved. Get mad. Get political. This is working. Greetings, Boils and Ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we fell and split into logs, the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Mary Johnston, and this plate of old tough pancakes is my brother, Thomas Johnston. Where are you, Thomas? Timber! Why are pancakes associated with lumberjacks? I don't really know. Maybe maybe it's like, because it's, you know, it's like a bunch of men up in the woods with cast iron. We're kind of making them all sound more country. A bunch of men up in the woods, eh? Just chopping down trees, eating, eating flapjacks? Yeah, why not? Hanging out with giants with enormous enormous Wear, oxen? Wearing woolen toques? Yeah, wearing toques. Toques and buffalo check? No, I don't know. I mean, it must be... Because I... I mean, do, do cowboys eat pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a frontier food? No, I don't know. Yeah, you... Well, I mean, like, I think the answer <laughs> secretly, is that Secretly, you... Mary, Mary, secretly the men who won the West... <laughs> like unleash genocide on the native americans all big waffle fans the waffle is the sign of westward expansion and manifest destiny but it didn't they're actually like you know what i'm more of a stuffed french toast person do you have some mascarpone (laughs) cheese around i like i like a savory one with like some crab oh yeah like a or like a croque madame french toast is wonderful Ooh, that pulled ham that's runny egg yum 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 yeah yeah like the guys whoever the guys were before like john ford existed they were like we can't (laughs) We can't. We can't do what it. If, we're making. We're making myths and legends about manly men. They can't be eating French breakfast. <laughs> pancakes. <laughs> totally ham. Pan- pancakes. <laughs> All right. Let's start talking about this episode. If we were better at this, we should have made it so that this like seamlessly melds into the Twin Peaks theme. 
Oh my gosh, you know it was shot on some of the Twin Peaks set. I know. Which I think yeah. is why it has that weird noir energy, but like I don't it's weird. This is this is a strange episode. Well, I, th- I think Brian James kind of looks like, um, uh, oh, why am I losing my mind? The uh, like what the guy who actually is the killer, Bill, is Bill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. kind of have the same like bad hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they kind of have the same um, um, like wastrel sociopath kind of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes. No, definitely Brian James belongs in a David Lynch movie. But mm-hmm. this character, Steve, is not... I guess he's kind of like Blue... He's like the bad guy in Blue Velvet, kind of. Just for the capacity for tremendous violence. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Doesn't so matter. Will, who is let, responsible for this? Who's okay. the, who are the responsible parties? <laughs> so this was directed by um, Russell Mulcahy, I believe is what you say. He's Australian. Um, he. Good day, mate. He... He started off doing music videos, and then he moved into movies. Lots of uh, lots of Kylie Minogue. He directed Highlander. He directed Highlander Two. He directed mm. The Shadow. He did Resident Evil Extinction, and he will do three more episodes of TFTC for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're like, oh, he did music videos. I look back at like what videos he had directed, most of which he directed before he got into movies. Um, of course, he did the music video for. Video killed the radio star for the Buggles. Oh my gosh! He did a ton of Elton John. He did a bunch of Billy Joel. He did, I think, pretty much most of the famous Duran Duran music videos you've seen. He did the video for Total Eclipse of the Heart. He did um, uh, Berlin's song "Sex." The you know I'm a man, I'm a woman. You know that song. Like this guy was like hardcore in the '80s music video director. Like you look yeah, through it, like, and you're like, he's like, oh a my big gosh. Deal. Well, I mean, I don't, you know how I feel like a lot of the time when you see directors with credits like this, you're like, what? He like he like did something for White Snake and then they were like, why don't you do a friggin movie? You know, <laughs> but this guy, this guy was uh, fairly legit with his uh, music directing chops. Yeah. And then he made Highlander. So, like, what do you want? Oh, man. And the shadow. Highlander. Highlander is almost unwatchably boring. I don't understand <laughs> how it can be, but it is. <laughs> It's so boring. I don't understand why. About? I love it. I love it. No, when, you uh, don't. When, bring, when that woman brings Christopher Lambert over to her like sword themed apartment. <laughs> See, it should be awesome. Like if you just it's way more entertaining if you just like ha- had no, someone yeah, describe you're, you're, it to you. Scene you're, by you're, scene. Not, you're not wrong. If somebody's it's like there's a bunch so... of mortal guys with swords and Kenneth Branagh is in it. And it's such uh, a it's such a Clancy trudge. Brown is, is in it. It's yeah, such a uh, trudge. It is. It is. Oh, it has. Man. It does have a great theme song, though. And, okay, actually, okay, and he also did some Queen music videos, too, which suddenly makes sense as to, like, why the music for Highlander is great. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so Here it was written by... Here we are, born, born to, be, to kings. be kings. We are the princesses of, princess of, of the universe. Uh, it's too bad we don't have a Highlander podcast. We could sing that every episode. Oh, man, no, it is good because I... I bet, I bet if we again, had new listeners... Once again, it is slightly less boring than the movie, but it is not much better. <laughs> Mary, I bet if we had new listeners, us singing the theme song would be their least favorite part. Yeah, they're like, this is actually bad. <laughs> why do they... Why okay. do they sing? So this was written by Richard Christian Matheson. Okay. He did That's a lot a of money name, like a money, yeah. like, like, like it reeks of money. He did a lot of um, TV writing. He wrote for the, uh, the Incredible Hulk series. He wrote for Knight Rider. 
He wrote a movie called Loose Cannons, which I guess is sort of a jokey, like, buddy cop movie. Um, uh, he wrote on The Torkelsons. Do you remember watching The Torkelsons? Oh, my kid? gosh. The Torkelsons. Sure. And he did a couple episodes of Masters of Horror. Also, his IMDb bio mentions that he is frequently mistaken for his brother, who was the writer of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, my gosh. Rewatched. <laughs> I rewatched Bogus Journey recently. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. lots, lots of homophobic language. Way more homophobic language than one would expect. Does it hold up? Are we? Is it? Are you looking forward to the to the threequel that is apparently coming out? Yeah, but put on pause because of Verona. Um, yes. I mean, I did enjoy it. There are mm-hmm. hard moments, like like all the the all the f bombs. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. I mean, it happens, yeah, I think, I, twice, but that's yeah, two I, times I, like, too I re- many. I remember at least one of those times, but I remember feeling like actually Bogus Journey, is in my be- recollection, is better yeah, than is, is, is the rare the rare cash in sequel that is better than it's than it's than the original. All right. Who, who so else the cast, is responsible? In this, we have Brian James as Steve Dixon, the evil lumber baron, sort of. Um, you, did you immediately recognize him as Leon from Blade Runner? The, yes. Uh, the, yep. the, the replicant with the, yep. you know. Why aren't you helping the turtle, Leon? Okay. Yep. Did you recognize him as General Monroe in The Fifth Element? The, no. Uh, the, the army guy who, he's not like a major character, but w- when I say it, surely you can think of who he is. He also was in Tango and Cash. I did he remember. Was in, he's like the he main, in, one of the main bad guys in Tango and Cash. I believe so. He's also in Cabin Boy with Chris Elliott, uh, new, whose career I feel like is like newly resurrected by Shit's Creek. There you go. Um, And he was in... Thomas Johnston favorite Red Scorpion, the Dolph Lundgren, where he's a Soviet Spetsnaz guy. <laughs> Excellent. Um, he was he was he's in that one too. Um, he um, unfortunately died in 1999 of a heart attack. So oh, horrible. But he is he's he's all over the he's one of those character actors where you're like oh it's that guy and he's always like a thug or like somebody who's going to beat somebody else up. For. He's usually crazy and not smart. Yeah, not smart. Yep, 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 yep. And he's he's playing to type here, wearing wearing a wig or what I assume is a wig that makes him his hair in this looks the way Jesse Ventura's hair looks now. Yes, true. You know what I mean? Yep. It's so full of secrets. That's why he he knows too much. <laughs> he knows too much. So the the, the mountain fez fe, the mountain femme fatale of Liz Kelly Dixon. Is played by Michelle I like Johnson. That she, I'm glad to know that she hyphened her name. She hyphenated her name. Good for her. Yeah. Well, based on the I think within the story, they're married for what, like a week, something like that. So so crazy. Yeah. All right. Tell me about Michelle. Um. Did you? Re- she has been. In, did you recognize her from Death Becomes Her? She's Anna, Anna, or maybe Anna. She's the um, assistant in the like nutso butso beauty salon. I sure where they didn't do like the plasma her. exchange and stuff. Huh. But that's her wearing like the weird, the weirdly revealing lab coat smock thing. But that's her. Oh, okay, all right. Um, she um was also in a movie that we will eventually have to watch. I think because she was in Doctor Giggles. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, you know, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I feel like this. This there is a missing puzzle piece. It in is our, the island of misfit toys for sure. <laughs> in our Crypt Creeper cinematic universe, eventually we will watch Doctor Giggles and realize that we have seen everyone in it in something else. Yep. Um. She also took a. She also did some work in Dallas. On Dallas, she was in Charles in Charge. She was in an episode of The Outer Limits. Um. I think. I think. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think she did some modeling work and everything. But that's who she is. Cool. Um. 
Billy Worth is Ted. This one's the, the most uh, crazy. Yes. Dwayne, he was Dwayne in Lost Boys. Crazy. Uh, I did not recognize him at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also funny. Also funny with its weird, weird <laughs> referentialness. Um, he was also in Sex and he also had a has a had a guest role on Sex in the City. Who is he, he was in at Sex the Red in the City? Sh- he was in the Red Shoot. I think I think he's only in one episode, so I don't I don't I don't know. Oh, okay, so like there's probably yeah, yeah I'm sure he was like somebody's meathead boyfriend. Plank yeah. type. No, he was in he was in uh, the Red Shoe Diaries, <laughs> um, something that neither of us have watched, but we frequently reference on this show. <laughs> I've seen, the, I've seen a like a, spot a comp- in Charmed. I've seen a com- uh, a compilation of like the really ridiculous, the most ridiculous David Duchovny intros for the Red Shoe Diaries on YouTube. Does that count? Oh man, yeah, that counts. That counts. I mean, I think I've probably watched an episode or two, but I don't. I, I don't have an adult re- recollection or understanding of it. Let's put it that. Way. Sure. Um, and then um, Dan Martin plays Snaz. He's the uh, the member of the lumber crew who's always like Mr. Dixon, Mr. Dixon, like the leader of them. He is a he's prolific the one who TV almost actor. gets like choked out with an axe handle, right? Um, no, I think he's no, I think he's the um, the like the like foreman. Oh, he's the he's like the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's like like the main lumberjack. Um, but he's he's a prolific TV actor. He's in all kinds of stuff. Um, usually in, in, in kind of minor roles, um, like he has a, he is in, um, the movie heat. Um, he also has roles in better call Saul, Malcolm in the middle. He was on everybody loves Raymond, which I know you love. He was on Ally McBeal, but he's been like just all over the place. But like half the time his character doesn't have a last name or half the time his character is like, you know, bouncer or security guard. But this guy just, he's just working all the time. Good for him. And that's uh, that, that's that's what we got. Those are, the, those are the principal players, the principal Barbie dolls that we will mash together wow. and attempt to create a show out of here. All right. And what a show we're going to create. This episode is about Liz, who is a down on her luck waitress who marries Steve, a violently jealous lumber camp owner. You know, that classic pairing. <laughs> Liz takes a shine to one of the lumberjacks, Ted, and attempts to sexually assault him numerous times. Steve catches them in a compromising position and beats Ted so violent, viciously that he is struck blind. The rest of the lumberjacks are fed up and decide it's time to take the saw into their own hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so this 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 one was great. So what'd you think? <laughs> it is not great. I think I actually kind of think it almost comes close to greatness, but then I don't know if it's accidental or wh- why. Like I think that it's kind of it, I like kind of the themes of like working class men are not things; they are not mm-hmm. toys; they are people. Like you can't just abuse them because I think that's sort of a piece of this that like Liz and Steve treat them like like animals, and it's not right. Yeah. Um, but that also, I, the, but, that but, I like. but, but but sure. But also, this is not actually the story of like the a proletarian uprising on a labor camp. That, that, that yeah, this isn't in. a gender flipped monster. So we yeah, don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also think that this could also be about jealousy being a weak emotion. So you better make sure your fists are strong. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I th- that's uh, that's a joke. My, I think this one's just about women are trouble, period. It could be about that as well. Yeah, um, it, it's weird. So should we should we get into the, like one of the more baffling things about it? Sure. 
So this story, right, Please. is about is told entirely from Liz's perspective or she's the narrator, right? Yeah. Yeah. She gets and, a she gets a Rick Deckard pre director's cut style voiceover. Right. Right. Which adds to the whole no, weird noir element of this, which I, I don't understand because I don't think it lumber noir lumber noir. Um, but. So the story is she is at a bar. She almost gets sexually assaulted by someone that she previously had sexual relations with. Steve saves her. They basically decide immediately to get married. They move up to his lumber camp. He tells her that she can't be seen by any of the men who work at his lumber camp because he's violently jealous. She is like, that's dumb. And, like, constantly tries to be seen, finds a lumber, oh, the sexiest lumberjack, sexually assaults him and blackmails him into a sexual relationship with her, doesn't care when he goes blind from the beating he receives because of those actions, and then she and Steve are placed sushi-style, gagged in a... In hollowed out logs and the lumber other lumberjacks trick the newly blinded Steve into or the newly blinded Ted into chopping them in half with long chainsaws. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's like the whole thing. Yeah, so, what's 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 confusing and weird about that? <laughs> so you would think that this would have like a like a or I would like it better if this was about like abuse or cycles of violence, or anything like that. But the last thing Liz says to us, the audience, which is weird because we see that she's about to die, is that, mm-hmm. so you're like, how are you narrating this? Um, she says, uh, Snaz and Artie and the boys had found what I had spent years looking for. <laughs> a cure for a terminal case of boredom. What does that mean? <laughs> Read this story that we just saw. I mean, okay, but like, so uh, she her, she keeps she talks about being bored. It kind of seems like she's married to Steve for like a day and then decides she's bored, like the sex isn't as good or whatever. But like, she talks about this boredom and sort of like a, like self destructive troublemaking, which sounds pretty far, which is like sounds far fetched. That's the only happens to move. But people do like just blow their lives up for like kind of no reason. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's you true. Know. Okay, all right, all right. I'm following. I'm following. But um, but do you think that Snaz and Artie are 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 exacting no. revenge on Liz and Steve for like all of their all of their mashugana because they're bored? No, they're not. No, 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 no. I think this. No, I. I mean, like truthfully, I think this is so. Maybe, maybe could you build the case that she's some kind of like weird, like French aristocrat style esthete where she's like, truly, the world bores me and I seek newer and more deviant pleasures of which the most deviant is, of course, violent death. Truly, that would be the only thing that can crack through my hardened shell of decadence. And, you you, you know, like she's not really like that's not really really that's not her vibe. No. Yeah. No. Um. Is the boredom is the boredom she's talking about hers or theirs? I didn't consider that it could be hers. I don't think that fully makes sense. Yeah, I mean, unless like, is her boredom like? I mean, not to not to sound uh, like, is her boredom like weird, like horniness and self destructive like addiction to drama? And is the cure like, yeah, we're gonna kill her, and she can't make trouble? Yeah, when I'm dead, I can't be bored anymore because I'm dead. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also okay. But also, I wrote so so. I, 
was thinking about this and I wa- when I watched the, when I rewatched the episode, I wrote down some of the other crazy stuff she says, and I think it's just nonsense. Like, do you remember? Um, okay, you remember Ted come Ted comes like looking for work, ma'am, and she's like, what greets him in like a like a negligee or like a little bathrobe or something, and um, basically he's just kind of rude and uninterested in him. But then as as he like is leaving, she's like, oh, a man and like into him. And then she like watches him do the chopping on the on the log, which is cool, which is fine. It reminds yeah, me of like watching like lumberjack games or something. Yeah. But she he, says where he chops first. an impossibly long, huge log. I did think it took him kind of a long time to do it. I was like, this is a movie we can or a TV show. We can just like speed it up a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. like I recognize that a lumberjack can't hand chop yeah, a log that size in like five strokes, but like we could do that on TV. Like, I found myself <laughs> you're like, like oh, getting is he not a little. Thor? I don't care. He's yeah, not I, I Thor. found myself I getting a little him. bit bored. I was like, because you get the sense he's like, oh, I'm gonna do this and lickety split, and you're like, it is yeah. fast, but like, like way faster than I could do it. But like, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Yes, it's a little bit too realistic, maybe. Yeah, but she says these words. I have to transcribe them more or less exactly as far as I can tell. She says, call me un-American, but watching Ted drop that tree in half, well, it made me forget all my troubles. Yeah, is that un-American? I, I remember that, too. <laughs> okay, and so then I backed it up because I was like, oh, is like Ted supposed to be French-Canadian or something? Nope, starts off with him in Colorado. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay, she also says... <laughs> call me un-American. When, when she's talking about him being blind. Oh, yeah, this um, is the When best. he's blinded, she says, that was the last thing I wanted. Especially since the doc said it was permanent. But what are you going to do? Cry about it? Maybe it's better to be blind anyway. The world is an ugly place. That one makes more more sense. sense. But she has this like weird just walking all over the place kind of style of talking. So I don't I think she just says things that are cool. She's like she's related to Joe Biden. (laughs) Yeah, I think she is. She is. She probably can't do serial sevens either. Yeah, it's fine. Um, no, but yes. It's- <laughs> call me on a call it on American. But I think pancakes are great at breakfast time. Yeah, Snaz and Artie and the boys and Corn Pop. They were bad, bad dudes, and they ran a crew of bad boys. Oh my gosh. No, no, but, but anyway, but I just think she's she's like uh, I mean she's like my daughter who is learning to tell jokes. And understands like the cadence of a joke, but not the content. Mm-hmm. So, or you know, like 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 the famous uh, knock knock jokes that you would make up, Mary. That would be like knock knock. Who's there? Princess, princess who? Princess Mary. You know, like yeah. No, you learn like you you. I think <laughs> right. when you're a child, you you mimic yeah. the cadence of something. Yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. She's like she has like the bored affect and sort of the like throwaway like the sentiment is almost there but you're just like wait a minute what right like call me un-American <laughs> call me un-American call me un-American, <laughs> call me un-American. Well, I love watching a man chop up a log I don't care what who you are <laughs> I don't yeah exactly between Bye, you and me Jingo. And, between you me and the wall that guy just chopped that log um, if you know what I'm saying mm. with an axe uh, who so who is this story for so like i kind of got the sense that this was like the the boredom thing what do the characters want what do who who are we supposed to believe well maybe i should start at a different spot do you think we're supposed to think the end is just or be happy at the end i think the answer yes 
Okay. I think this is I think this is like a little like 30 minute kind of like exploitation movie. Okay. Um, yep. Maybe like a low stakes kind of like Ilsa, she wolf of the S, you know, we're sort of like, check this out. People are messed up and evil and they're going to do messed up and evil stuff. And at the end, messed up and evil stuff happens to them, which you feel good about because they are messed up and evil. And yeah, I can buy that. It's compact. You know, like I. I have more patience for that in a 30 minute episode than I do having to watch, you know, an hour and a half of like sort of, of bad acting and just depravity with, with this idea that you're supposed to be kind of titillated by it. This also is of a genre that um, definitely definitely existed, probably still exists a little bit, but I think mostly is just in porn nowadays, which is like a husband with a wife who's making people jealous. Yeah. Wearing her outfits. Maybe she's bored. Which is what we have here. It's just weird that it's weird that Liz. It's weird that they didn't decide to do a more realistic thing. <laughs> Saying this about Chelsea the episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where like Liz has been married to the guy for like maybe a year or two, and then is bored because this is how like this is how people engage in self destructive boredom in their personal life vis a vis sex generally, right? Like, yeah, you but- get into a rut, you're no longer interested, and then you like have your midlife crisis or whatever, and you, or you know, you you, you start acting out mostly because like. <sighs> It's just it's all the same. That's that's a real that's a real human thing that people do. Yeah, it As, it does seem yeah. a little bit like it is a story that would make more sense if it was about rich people. And I guess like mm-hmm. Steve probably is actually fairly yeah, rich. He's, he's very clear that he's the boss. But I know. Yes. But do you know what I mean? Like it's like yes. this would make a lot of sense if it was about it was transplanted and it was like a, a bored young wife with an old like workaholic husband who right. and she starts and she starts eyeing up the pool boys. It's a roving eye for the men up in the mill. Maybe she'd like them to adjust her. Yeah, or if jack. he was or if he was like if, if he <laughs> was like she'd a like business them to service her steam loom. But, also, also, they're all 13 year old boys for missing fingers. Because right? <laughs> it's the horrible early days of the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, but yeah, I mean, like, it's just sort of weird. I think I think the proximity of it, like when he's like, you can't be seen by any of these guys. I'm like, dude, your house is like. Yeah, yeah, you, dude, you live by these guys. Feet away from these people. Like, that is not sustainable. So I think that there's, like, some of that. I think also, I, I don't know. Like, I think if there was some some class warfare in here as well, that might kind of make more sense. But Yeah, no, if, yeah, no you're, you're totally right. And if, Steve if, has, if, like, power dynamic over these dudes for sure. But, like, I think we're supposed to see it as, like, frustrated working class men who are used and abused by women who are teases and like dick bosses but yeah, yeah, yeah. the woman who's a tease is the woman so... who's a tease which is just a different kind of dick boss right Whoa. Uh, boss, of, boss of your dick Whoa! I like that you explained it just in case people didn't get it. But mom, but, mom, I did a funny. But the women, the woman in this case is like not so much as a tease as like a sociopath and the right and the and, and, dick and, and, boss and is not so much of a dick or maybe, as a psychopath or, like they're right. they're too much it's too much to be yeah. well, to feel right you know I, I feel like this sort of took like a story and just decided i, I think it's like exploitive stuff where just everything is just turned up to 11 right like she can't just be interested and pursue this guy she has to be like no i'm exposing myself to you yeah <laughs> and if you tell anybody you know, like, like basically, if you don't let me have sex with you, I'm going to tell people and I'm going to have sex with you twice as hard. It's just weird. Like, 
Yeah. I think it comes close. Like, the story I want to see would be something about, would be a story about harassment. And mm-hmm. it would clearly, it needs to clearly, and to, to be successful, it needs to clearly show Liz as a sex, sexual predator who harasses right. men in order to feel powerful and then draw parallels between that and Steve's like extreme physical abuse towards these men. But, and then make it like a comment about these guys, like revenge. Right. Just, just just like the, the husband's mill or whatever, like uh, chews up their bodies and their lives. And he himself unleashed violence on him. So too, does she view the men as cattle and commodity that she also can chew up and pieces of meat. Yeah. And at the end they sing the East is red. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I would watch that. That sounds great. Let's do it. But they make it, but they ruin it. I mean, you could even make it sort of subtler than that for sure. I mean, I don't want it to be, but like you could, but they muddle it up by making it clear that like Ted is also like truly interested in Liz sexually. So you don't really have, you don't really like she does the things she does to Ted are horrifying. Like, like, absolute mm-hmm. sexual harassment but it's clearly of a different time like i think the people who wrote this are like well you can't really rape a man like yeah, yeah. well or, or yeah i don't know you think so you don't think that they're also like you don't think they're more this is like that uh that um uh michael Crichton book where it's like no it can happen to men women are just lying <laughs> yeah maybe it's like she manipulates him but like the sex she's not really raping him so much as she's she's like using him emotionally or like mentally yeah, i don't right, know yeah. like it's a game yeah it's very you're right it has kind of the same gender politics as like fatal attraction where it's like not rape not rape certainly but harassment definitely harassment but not rape the sex I mean, it's, he wanted to do the sex of, I mean, he's a man and- She's she's like sort of, I think, a little bit of low. I don't even mean like low rent, like she's a trash. This is complicated because also, though, the men talk about her as being like sexually promiscuous and maybe engaging in sex work. Perhaps truthfully or not, um, which also sort of implies that like she is someone who is lower, who who they look down on, even maybe just because she's a woman, but she may even be lower class than them. And yeah. then she makes good. But then she preys on it. I don't think that. Um, oh, maybe I, like again, a class but, traitor thing. Right, right. Yeah, the class politics are not developed enough, enough here to, to really. Well, and also that makes it. Let's let's have a forty-five minute discussion about how, how sex workers fit into the. No, but <laughs> but um, but um, but just to say though that like it, it kind of muddies it a little bit, right? She's not just like some rich predator, right? Like, and you, you know, s- and uh, and we see her as a victim explicitly at the beginning when that guy is trying to rough her up, and that's why she hangs out with Steve because Steve like punches him, you know, like. Did, okay, so on a comedic note, when that happened, did you love that like the guy like grabs her arm or something, and then Steve is like, "Leave the lady alone." And he's got this huge revolver, and then the guy pulls out a knife, and <laughs> Steve says, "This is how you want to die, shit heel," which seems like something you would love. That's I a, did that's love a line that. you would love. I did love that. But yes. but the guy like pulls out the knife and then attacks him with the knife, even though Steve has the gun from the beginning. He literally brought a knife to a gunfight, like literally yeah, yeah, did that. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like everything about once once I saw that, I was like, this episode's not going to be very good. Like I knew it at that point. Um, there's and- also OK. There's also like the totally we give nobody any any semblance of a shadow of doubt. This could just be toxic misogynism, too. Right. Where it's like women are troublemakers and they just mess with men for their own amusement. And then finally they get chopped up with a chainsaw because that's what teases deserve. I, I do think that might be kind of what this is about. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause yeah, cause there are plenty of lines in it where like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, snaz 
says something like, uh, you used to be a hell of a guy until you married that woman. You're, sorry, you were a hell of a guy until you got married. That woman is driving you crazy. I'm like, women are nothing but trouble. Yeah, but, every conversation the men have about her, like, just yeah. like, like Liz, like the 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 rape cult culture language that the men use when they talk about Liz or to Liz is crazy. Like in I this, bet you, I bet you loved it. Where like she used to sell her mouth for a nickel, and I was like, oh no, please pass, nope. <laughs> Nope, please. Yep. Nope, did not care for it. Turn well, it off. Nope. It, it makes oh. me feel bad, too, because I'm like, Snaz, I want to be on your side, but now yeah, you are making on, yourself revolting to me. <laughs> he's like uh, he's like Mad Mardigan's friend. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just can't not say slurs. <laughs> oh, geez. Like the whole that whole thing is really weird. And then so so we have like a woman who clearly is like is almost a victim and probably has been a victim of sexual assault in the beginning undoubtedly undoubtedly, undoubtedly. i think we are yeah like just just the way like the way it's portrayed and she is a rough not maybe not trucks she's like a truck stop waitress who 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 hooks on the side she's definitely had some stuff that didn't go right for her yeah no, for sure. And then now we have a story where we're just like, yep, and she's bad in a tease. Like, it's yep, like, it yep. feels horrible. It just feels horrible. And, right. And you can say smart things about victimization and the way that, like, you you could, that would be, that would be more than what you would expect from, you know, 25 minutes of Tales from the Crypt. Sure. But, like, you could, you could play with that. Instead, I, I, again, I think here, this is just supposed to be, like, everyone, like, you know. <laughs> See this woman gross. you, thought, you <laughs> yeah. thought maybe she was the hero no she's crazy and evil and her husband he's crazy and evil and the men they're crazy and evil too yeah i mean i think <laughs> just like <laughs> your, your comment about about like the boredom as as a as a um as the inciting incident towards self-destruction and violence that that does mm-hmm. make a that makes it a little bit more sense because mm-hmm. like i was like there needs to be but i think that the answer really should have been instead of saying that it should have been like a sentiment like what goes around comes around like violence yeah. breeds more violence she is a victim of violence she then spreads that around you know steve Steve clearly is like very unhinged and has probably was like smacked around as a kid and now he hits other people because he feels sure. no, bad. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like there's no, absolutely. Been... absolutely. And and then you're like, oh, these men, maybe they're okay. But they get but they take revenge, which I don't which is fine, right? Like within the moral universe of this show. Totally. The fact that it would seem that Steve that Steve is completely able to get away with blinding Teddo without any which 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 is funny, right? Like in our culture, we're like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. He like beat him up and like nobody pressed charges or whatever. Yeah, and, so and you're like, you're like, no, Ted. He go probably to like the plays poker with the sheriff, so it's fine. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, it's, I didn't even question it. I was like, yeah, yeah. You're like, of course they get away with it, and then of course also, um, and then it's a different. It, it also they did good economy of storytelling in that we also see that Liz is completely fine because also this is exactly the kind of um, situation that in the real world. And in some fictional worlds also winds up with her arm in a sling or she gets sexually assaulted, you, you know, like. Right. No, like there's the no next, there's the no th- universe where Steve is beating men to blindness, where he's also not like putting his right, wife through a glass coffee table. But, like but, there's but, no. But in some yeah. sense, but in some sense that makes her complicit, like makes her complicit and more villainous. And you're and you. Yeah. You, I feel like as the viewer, you're like, OK, yeah, it makes sense that she needs justice, too, because she there was not she didn't get even like even though you don't want her to get beat up, you're like, you know, that she. 
she's part of the problem, not the solution. You know, that's well, and she also pray. I mean, she does prey on Ted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no question. Right. I mean, like what she does to him is not is not good. Like I, it's 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 close to rape. Right. If but the, we didn't have the scene in the bar where he's like, I really want to have sex with her, then it mm. then I would say it is rape. Like, <laughs> okay, so that scene is weird because he's talking to the men who work at the labor at the lumber camp. Yeah, he's like who, he's like, Should I do this thing that really should be a big secret? You're like, Well, don't tell them. No, They're, not only that, but he's talking he's like, She's so friggin' hot. I don't know why he's I made him Bostonian, but um she um he talks to them as if they've never seen her. And you're yeah. like, dude, they, they, they've they known know. her for longer than you have. Yeah, they know who she is, dude. They, they probably shouldn't be just so, like, cool about it. They should be like, no, man, that's trouble. Steve will, like, straight up murder you. Don't you remember? He stuck an axe handle in that other guy's mouth. And made his mouth bleed because he, like, <laughs> looked at her. Like, don't. A baffling injury. A baffling, crazy image <laughs> injury. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, he should probably go see the dentist. Just saying. Um, yeah. If after that happens, there's like no. She way she, she makes some gestures. She says some like Madonna and whore kind of. She invokes that a little bit. Um, she says something about like like something about like when men want to get with you, they don't care what you've done, but once they have you, they want you to be pure. Like so. I, I mean, like I know what she's. That is like an old trope, but I get it. Like I understand it. I believe that it is true to a certain degree sure. in like you know the misogynistic culture we live in. Like totally fine. What's weird to me about that is. Apart from him being like, never go outside so the men can never look at you. He pretty much doesn't point any of the blame at her. Like, right. He's, yeah. even though, he's, even, even though clearly, I mean, right. Like when she comes into the bunkhouse, she's definitely wearing. And again, it's not. Oh, mm. she is dressed. Yeah. What's she wearing? She's dressed very provocatively. Like they do it so that she can be a villain, too. But like to your point. Yeah. There's no universe where he also doesn't like smack her around for being a whore. Like right, right, right. right? Well, and, and 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 you could make you could and this show could be very different with that in the in in there too. I mean, you know, yeah. right? Like no, totally. Credit where credit is due. The one thing that's pretty good about this is the um is the scene where Ted is you know who cannot see who is blind is. <laughs> chopping with the chainsaw and it's sawdust and then it becomes blood spray. That's a good, yeah. wild, no, horrific no, no, no. element. That, 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 that ending is great. The, I think the only misstep is you see them kidnap Steve beforehand. Yeah. They're like... No, it should which, have been... Well, and that, also yeah, you kind of... Like, I honestly think that they also shouldn't have made it a thing where it's like, and Ted doesn't like to use chainsaws. Like, just make it a natural thing. And they're like, no, Ted, we're going to set you up. We know you can't find the truth. Yeah. When you get there, I do like you where sure it's like, you got, you got to learn some new job skills. Yes, yeah, hilarious. I was like, oh, <laughs> these guys are really nice. Yeah. These guys are, they, they talk about the tournament so much, which I guess is supposed to be like, we're supposed to think that that's the inciting event for why he has to learn to use the chainsaw. But we could have totally done without that. That that meant nothing. Yeah, that was like such a MacGuffin. Such a MacGuffin. Yeah. Like, the, totally not. Like, we don't need the scene where he chops the log like you could have even I mean, made maybe it be- you want to show that because it's like lumberjacking and that's fine no but no, yeah. no no but you could still have that scene but like he doesn't have to be like i don't like chainsaws i only like hand axes like you could have had steve be like you gotta prove yourself you want to work on my crew yeah and then right, he right, like right, reaches yeah. for the chainsaw and he's man? like no you gotta use the hand axe and he's like oh i can't actually he's like yeah i you know yeah actually I mess, it turns I out i am with, very strong yeah yes. I, I mess with the uh, with hand axes no problem no no big deal <laughs> No problem. Like, no weird. No. That would have been better, actually. It would have made you like Ted even more, I think. Yeah, Ted, Ted is sort of a bumbling doofus throughout this, like floppy I, hair. I, like. I certainly don't want him to go blind, but yeah. 
No, he doesn't deserve it. It is, okay, it is, you know that something nefarious is afoot, but it is weird. They're like, no, Ted, you're blind. Here, work this chainsaw. Why, is it important to them that Ted doesn't know that he's cutting up the people who blinded him? It does seem like it's important to them. Yes, I don't really know why. I think he's, I like, think it's Ted, like Ted is Ted supposed is too to much be of an innocent. innocent. Yeah, I think so. But like, also the things that Snaz is hollering to like cheer him on are insane. He's like, get it, Ted, decapitate it. I'm like, is that what they say when they fell trees? Decapitate it? No, he says, I wrote it down because it is, this is, man, the script writer on this just really, it's do it, Ted, amputate, make it, pay for its mistake. <laughs> the tree. <laughs> Okay. Okay. (laughs) We're going to teach this tree to be sorry it ever grew. If you chop somebody in half, are you amputating them? Are you amputating their top from their bottom? I also like they call him Teddo. Also, apparently one of the men is named Banjo. (laughs) I saw that in the credits. So great. So great. Why is Liz narrating this? Why did they do that? Oh, um. I don't know. I mean... It does allow us to convey her idea of like boredom without like sort of by, via explicit exposition. Um, and then it also lets us know that she's not sorry that Ted went blind. <laughs> it's true. I feel like you could have had some of that like her her narration. So this is the only thing I can think of. Mm-hmm, sure. I do think that they knew that they wanted to cop some Twin Peaks style. And they sure. knew the yeah. way to do it is to have some like lumber lumber noir. So I think sure. that's part of it. Like that does is does feel really real. Like before I knew it was shot on the Twin Peaks set, I was like, why does this feel like Twin Peaks? Why does this feel like yeah. bad yeah, Twin no, Peaks? I, I had exactly the same feeling. Yeah, I was yeah. like, man, so cool. the nineties just full of <laughs> was this a <laughs> got thing? grunge music. People just into Seattle. Good for that. Yeah, Washington State. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think that that is supposed to be there, like, as a mm-hmm. as a reference point or at least, like, kind of biting their style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I also think that it's meant to soften the blow. So we def- we explicitly get see Steve get sawed in half. And that makes absolute sense because he's, like, a kind of dumb. He's, the mon- he's a monster. He's a he's monster. The monster. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's no question that's okay. I think they did want to pull back from watching this right. gang of yes. mostly black men cheer on a blind man sawing a white lady in half. <laughs> Which, let's be real, if this was like a, if this truly was like a, like a, a um, exploitation movie, they yeah, would have yeah. not we, pulled back. We would fully that. see that. <laughs> yeah, We absolutely. would fully see that and then also direct parallel between the large phallic chainsaw and penises would be drawn there. Like, yeah, no, they make that very clear. So I think that there's like that. So clearly they like, well, they knew that they wanted to pull back on that. And they think yeah. making her the narrative softens, like subconsciously softens the idea that she's about to be like violently manslaughtered mm-hmm. slash yeah. murdered. Yeah, I, I think that I wonder, I don't know if this this might be a stylistic part on Tales from the Crypt in general, or it might just be the nature of the comics. But they seem to also like to do this thing where the narrator is the bad guy too, like the yeah, yeah, death yeah. and well, they definitely what, what love we'll they definitely love that thing where it's like, oh, this is the person you thought was you like related yeah, right. to because they're the narrator. Oh, it turns out they're actually the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, they love doing that. Yeah, that that, that may that, that may clar- they may see that as a little twist here. Though, I mean, you know, when she's, I mean, even if even if you're like, no, she's just too bored and horny. But when Steve busts in and she's like, no, Steve, he forced me. He made me. And you're like, yeah, what? No, 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 no. you lie. No, she's you skis. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also think that there's like some I, I think that the show kind of wants to have it both ways. So mm-hmm. 
Liz to me is the B side villain in this because Steve is is a monster. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, sure. I think but that's then right. you have, but then you have Snazby like, she's making you crazy. You used to be an okay guy. I'm like, no, he wasn't. What are you talking Probably about? Not Snaz. Yeah, What's I wrong with that, you. I think that his like violence and jealousy is inherent to him as a person. Like. That's yeah, yeah. probably like I'll be an armchair armchair psychologist for a second. Honestly, that's probably why he's attracted to Liz. He wants an excuse mm-hmm. to beat the crap out of other people. Sure. Yes. Yes. Like right. And it, she wants him because her particular brand of instability is is all about like because I mean right like chaos. The yeah. Thing, yeah. The thing with Ted's glove, right? That that that's like the weird thing where you want you want you want to be caught. Absolutely. And in fact, you're setting it up so you can be caught, but. Well, in a non-specific. Yeah, yeah, no, she likes the violence that her actions incite and especially and caught and like like stir up within Steve. Like and I think it's even suggested and very problematically that that is the that is the most exciting part of sex to her. that like part of her of this woman's sexuality isn't about like her own pleasure or release or whatever it's about like getting attention and causing bad things to happen which is mm-hmm. like <laughs> the most crazy like mm-hmm. da- like dames like sentiment ever it's very it's very problematic this also i think i mean don't you feel like this is also like the toxic way that people frequently describe sex worker sexuality like in the like in a pot like oh strippers with daddy issues just might be like yeah totally totally she's gonna get it and it's gonna be bad and that's the way she likes it and you're like i I don't think so pal <laughs> yeah no probably not 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 really not in real life yeah no she's she's not she and right. steve are both like cartoons um yeah. everybody in this is a cartoon yeah is this guy a cartoon I um I when I actually when I was watching I kind of thought that they um my uh, I was going to ask you how you could fix it and we've been kind of doing that piecemeal throughout but I was kind of thinking that it would be interesting to see um them play out maybe a dual a fixable a way to kind of try to fix this up a little bit make it more contemporary would be to try and um make it clear that like Steve and Liz Steve and Liz sort of have a uh there's sort of a um they feed on each other um and uh, kind of like in Natural Born Killers, do you remember there's that weird, there's like the weird kind of like sex assault where um, the, the woman kind of lures the guy in and then the, then the, then the boyfriend kills him. And then they, that, that, that kind of gets both of them off a little bit mm-hmm. where we, you know, where it's something where it's kind of like Liz gives Steve permission to do violence and he gives her permission to. You know, seduce and use these men. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and like sort of like that they have a sort of psychosexual dynamic there. Um, And like and that's part of the thing. So that even though it looks like, no, don't catch me, Steve, that that's all just that's part of the game. That's That's the thing. That's their thing. Um, That's just something that kind of occurred to me in that in, 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 in a fixable or a way that you could kind of link this together in a way that makes them both satisfyingly villainous and also maybe has something to say about human interaction. Yeah, no, I think so for sure. Like to draw those lines really clearly would be helpful. Um, instead, it it just seems kind of like muddled up. Yeah, she also is the only interesting character in this, right? None of the yeah, no. every, everybody else is just like a cardboard cutout. Um, yeah. So if anyone's going to narrate it, I suppose it is. Yeah, her. yeah. The only per- the person with an inner life is the only one who can narrate. Call me un-American. <laughs> Call me un-American, but I love a man chopping wood. <laughs> I can't think of a less American sentiment. 
<laughs> that's pretty, know, like that's pretty again, much all I got. Like I don't think yeah. that there's much. There's not much juice in this one. No, I mean you, you can you can like dig up the, you know, an an old dead horse and just talk about like is a femme fatale ever okay? Is it a feminist? But I I, you, I think you wind up that that you went that we've talked about that before. You just end up chasing that around forever. Yeah. Uh, well, and, um, and also in this case, the answer is definitively no. Like, right. Yeah. Also. Also. Yeah. She's like, like her femme fatale. Her her goal is like like psycho murder sort of. Yeah. Um. I okay. So just some just some off off the cuff things. I liked the terrible fart and burp sound effects when they were in the bunkhouse. Well. Very fake. Very bad. <laughs> um. When they were in the lumber bunkhouse, I was like, this is the locker room. Welcome to the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like these are the worst men in the world and then when steve gets in there he's like we gotta move you guys to the north side or whatever and they're like but why but why mr dixon you know it's not not as good over there And he's like goddamn environmentalists what a hilarious very 90s thing the idea that there are like environmentalists going around who are like oh too concerned about owls or bugs um you know like what a pain yeah now they're just like not even an issue because it's like haha you lose anyway <laughs> half the insects we have half as many insects as we did 30 years ago yeah congratulations you lose good day yeah, sir yeah, yeah. yeah um another great line on my time you hack paywood <laughs> oh i liked that one too and i was like you bet he does mm. <laughs> yeah and that, that's all that's really all i got um, there's not much there's not much going on on this I, one. let's just say let's just say i love the sushi log cutting like the like the blood on his face and <laughs> Ted's like, it feels good. It feels really good. <laughs> You're like, oh no, Ted. Oh no, Ted. Poor sweet summer child. <laughs> yeah, Ted, you don't. You know not what you do. But no, I like that they chopped them. I like that they're gagged, which <clears throat> presumably means they're completely silent. And then I love it when Snaz kicks over the logs and they fall. Yeah. Or the logs. The log it falls is, over into sections. It, it, it looks really good. It is funny to think about, like, so okay, so that all happens, right? He murders, he murders both of them, manslaughters yeah. them, because I don't think he realizes that he's murdering them. But the other <laughs> men are committing murder because they set it up for it, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And then, okay, all right, so Ned is, so they have him blindfolded, which does make sense, because I think it would be even weirder if he was just, like, eyes closed, like, ugh, you know, like, that's not great. Yeah, yeah. Right. But it's almost as if what you expect to happen is then they're going to unblindfold him and he's going to see what he's done. And be like, yeah, oh, uh, whoa. So instead, what it's going to be like is they're going to be like, like, Steve's going to be like, oh, or, or yeah, Ted's going to be like, oh, I'm powerfully hungry. Let's go have some flapjacks and, and you know, get some nice coffee. And so they like go and like, <laughs> they go in the bunkhouse and says, is like, Ted, Ted, guess what you just did, Ted? Guess what you just did? And it's going to have to describe that insane thing that just happened to Ted. Ted's going to be like, oh my God, what? Like I just killed two people, but I love Liz. But yeah. but but I love not being a murderer. Yeah, that's a wild or maybe, situation. Or maybe though he'll be like, "Let's go to town for a beer," and then they're gonna be like, uh, "Teddo, you might want." I like that they call him Teddo sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might want to go take a shower, little shower. And he's like, "No, it's fine. Sawdust, it's fine. It's a lumber Like, no, you're gonna want it. We're all no, taking showers. Ted, everyone's taking a shower. He's like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> hold on." And they're like, no, no, Ted, it's fine. You're blind. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then he's like, please watch out because because Miss Liz might come in and try to sexually assault me again. And they're all like teeheeing because he just chopped her into five <laughs> She's going to try to grab my ding dong. <laughs> yeah. 
my old blind ding dong. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. I did enjoy talking about this one. I did not enjoy yeah. watching it, which is why I am giving this one, just one out of five MacGuffin-y wood shopping contests. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I, um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I don't think this is like good. <laughs> but that was like five out of five. Wood hack again. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, um, like this one isn't good, but like it's unlike it's, the moral objection ability is at least kind of chewy. You can kind of chew on it and try to figure out like what you, what you think. It's not obviously transparently, you know, horrible. Um, it's no Corman's calamity. The worst right, right. thing it's, we've it's, ever seen. It's also, you think it's worse than um, love to death. I think that's the worst thing we've ever seen. Oh, Corman's calamity. I thought you were talking about this. I was like, eh, probably not worse. <laughs> no, 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 not love Corman's to calamity. Death. Yeah. Yeah. The, the rape juice one. Yeah. yeah that's, that's probably the that, worst one. That and Corman's calamity so far, the ones I hated the yeah, most. I yes. also, from like a from like a moral perspective. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Corman's Calamity at least had the fun like meta. Uh, Corman's Calamity had Mrs. Corman, one of yeah, my favorite characters in film. Yeah, yes, where she's like very mean to you, and then it kind of turns you on a little bit. Yeah, no, I love her. Talked by a psychiatrist, but but anyway, um, but no, but this one I think as long as you're like willing to at least sort of switch your brain off a little bit, it's it's punchy. It is propulsive. It doesn't feel like a chore or a drag, which some of the some maybe more uh, like politically OK episodes kind of have. So for anyway, for this one, I give it, you know, it gets a point. It gets a point for the for the excellent uh, execution at the end. And I give another half point because I wasn't bored and it was at least a little bit compelling. So I give this one two and a half human log sections. OK. Yeah, right, sure. Have to put the half in there too because of the chopping. So mm, maybe I would even go up to one and a half because I feel like yeah. I gave one point for the log chopping, and I wasn't bored while watching it, so it gets half yeah. a point. Okay, one and a half. You talk. This isn't, and, and let's be clear. This isn't like problematic favor or anything. You know, you're not like. No, well, I mean, it's... Not. like I, I can now live my life never seeing this episode again. It's fine. But also, if it was on, you wouldn't be like, no, just turn it off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would rather watch nothing than this. <laughs> totally, I'd rather just stare at a blank wall. Than but watch let's it. also let's all. It's it's not as sus. If somebody was like, you know, what my favorite episode of Tales from the Crypt is. If someone told me this was their favorite episode of Tales from the Crypt, I would think it was sus. But you wouldn't. Okay. But also, you'd be like, how many have you seen? If somebody was like, Corman's Calamity is the greatest filmed entertainment. Yeah, I've like ever I have seen, seen every episode of Tales from the Crypt. It is the best. Oh, the best. Yeah. No, that would be that'd be very scary. No, but the thing is, she's ugly forever in heaven with him, and yeah. so it's like hell.